Parry Talks, welcome back once again. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been a long time. This is episode 30. 30 episodes every year. That's a pretty good effort in my books. Um, I'm with a very, very grateful interview, I think. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm a big fan of this human being and just a big fan of everything sort of this project stands for and just, yeah, super grateful to be given an interview opportunity like this and just open the curtains behind... I wouldn't say a secretive sort of artist, but uh, definitely an artist that doesn't get his story told as much as he should. I've got the one and only Hard Eyes on. How you doing, dude? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> ASMR <laughs> shit. Thanks for having me, Parry. No worries, no, man. Is this going to ASMR the whole interview? Huh? Do you want to ASMR the whole interview? Yeah, I can do that. I, I watch that shit all the time, so like I'm like really good at... like. Really? No, the settings shit. aren't good enough, though. No, on the, sure. Like, I haven't... Like, I could turn the gain all the way up. Yeah. But... That's all right. We'll... We'll keep it. We'll keep it chill for this one. ASMR is pretty therapeutic, though, isn't it? Like listening to it. Yeah, I stopped listening to music for ages. Now you listen to ASMR, hundred percent. Like I didn't like, like when I have like these stints of like songwriting where I'm like doing heaps of shit for like different projects. I never listen to music because I get distracted and I always like mm. change course. I never get focused. So if I want to listen to something, like when I'm in my room, just chuck on ASMR. Hectic. Or like there's these like ambient. Um, like role play videos that people have like not asmr though it's like it's like one hour in a pirate ship oh like, yeah yeah i know the exact you know one. it's like the rain in the Bro, shit in the background. I, I, there's this website oh my god i'm shooting myself in the foot not knowing it but there's this one preset that's like japanese garden yeah oh my god like if i need to get some work done just yeah. throw the japanese garden i love it how sad is that? that's like such a i feel like that's such like a matter of fact like part of the life that we live in yeah. now with COVID it's like we can't experience the outdoors <laughs> or nature or all this stuff so we have to like simulate and role play on YouTube but I think that I think it's more a testament to like general youth being so impulsive like being yeah. so anxious in silence totally and like the idea of working without either like a like a downtown but like a dubby record on which isn't too distracting yeah or like Japanese yen garden in the background or something in between like ocean waves crashing yeah gives me like irks me a little bit like I don't think I could like it's something just having that you know like a Frida and Jackson record on just like facts completely yeah just eliminates all sort of 100% anxiety yeah. it's crazy shit king of tangents I know <laughs> I said that I said I was the king of tangents before we started so and here you know, we are. there's Talking always going to be a fork in the road. Every every statement you, or question that you ask is always going to be a fork in the road. No, it's a pick your own adventure when you interview me. <laughs> this is the thing. Alright, well, I usually ask this question at the end, but we'll start now because you're you're into a lot of stuff other yeah. than music and like music creation and stuff you're proper nerd about. As in, like in terms of the music world, what would you have a podcast on if you started your own podcast? Oh, being like, you know what? If I had a podcast, shitting I'd talk on about. fools. Shitting on fools. Just shitting on people. No theme. Just Full get on the, weekly and just be like, look what at this. Look at this every week. Like, what? look at what this guy's done. What a dickhead. That's what I'd do if I had a podcast. I'm a hu- I love people, though. Like, yeah. But I feel like even myself, like, you know, we have our moments of weakness and we need to... We need to have a laugh at ourselves about that stuff. So, you know, taking the piss out of someone's always really easy to do. I can take the piss out of myself a lot exactly. quite easily. And I can take it as well when people take the piss out of me. So I feel like I have a podcast where I just have like a weekly wrap up of just being like, like Donkey of the Day on yeah, Breakfast that's Club. You know what I mean? That's massive. Yeah. Um, that or I do like or one on like 
magic tricks or some shit. That's mad. I love magic, bro. Dude. Or astrology. I'm a huge astrology fucking nerd. <laughs> I've been for before before it came more trendy. Like since I was like fucking 13 years old, I've been super into like mysticism and fucking like the spirit world and like astrology and shit. That's so I'd probably do an astrology podcast. That's a good one. That's a, like, I can you get it? You get it? Like, don't make podcasts on underground acts yeah. and DJs <laughs> and like a couple indie artists. Don't do that shit. Like, you need we need sponsorships. We need all that stuff. So like Facts. astrology is where it is. Co-star, hit me up. Let's go. <laughs> what um? What star sign are you? What do you think I am? I've got no. I only know. Ah, I'm a, let's go. The only thing I know about star signs is that I'm a Gemini, and apparently I'm a generic Gemini. Whatever that. I can means. tell you're a Gemini because you're you're like a journalist, you're an inquisitive, curious person. Yeah, you know. Time. But you've got this you've got this air about you where like you're very conversational. You're not very like rigid yeah. by the book. You know. I hate um, that. Yeah. Well, I think most journalists are Gemini's. You know, the pursuit of why and how. The pursuit of why. Yeah. But I'm a Libra. What does that mean? I look fucking good. <laughs> and I look good doing it too, you know? Um, I'm a Libra. So, like, life of the party. Life of the party. Do Libras rub, rub people the wrong way? Nah, everyone loves us. You can't fault us. We gas everybody up. Everybody. I don't care. Donkey I, of the day, though. I gas everyone up. <laughs> Except I, when you you're know. the donkey of the day. Yeah, exactly. Except if you're the donkey of the day. But it all it's all endearing. It comes from a good place. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? I always find the positives, like the silver lining in anything negative. Um, and then I'm a Gemini moon. So in here, <laughs> shit gets dark. It gets dark, bro. <laughs> Battling with my own demons. Wait, can you... Fuck, I don't even know if should we go into this. What What does it mean to be... Like, what's the rising and stuff? I always the hear ri- the rising, okay. the rising, I'm the rising. I'm going to real brief because this is not going to be an astrology <laughs> podcast, but the rising is the face that you show the world okay. so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. the first impression that you give people oh, okay okay your moon is how you act okay. in internally, private to yeah, yourself yeah. internally like emotionally and mentally and um your sun is just like your ego it's like okay, everything okay. about your personality i guess that that's makes a like lot of a sense. succinct way of putting it and they're pretty good metaphors for it as well like the sun you know exactly but i'm always shining bro. <laughs> libra you know the vibes bruh hard eyes You've evolved a lot of times before you got into Hard Eyes and making Hard Eyes music because the project is still really new yeah. to the public's eyes. Yeah. And you've just about done it all, you know, been through the dance world, been through the punk world. What do you think made 2020 the right time for Hard Eyes to start? Or what do you think you learned over the years that sort of was like, I can sort of do Hard Eyes now? Um, trial and error, a lot of it. Um, just like uh, embracing production and like being a holistic musician as opposed to being a member of a band Mm. because when you're a member of a band you don't really get much say in a lot of the production side uh, or the mixing side of your record I guess that mainly comes from the fact that when you give yourself the position of being the member of the band you kind of just don't think about the back end stuff yeah. like the production you just like make my guitar loud or mm. make the drums massive um and like that was me the whole time like when i've been in band since i was like 15 i was just like i just wanted to sound loud as fuck yeah. you know um and then i guess like when you grow up and you get into different genres of music you understand that you can't rely on a producer or an engineer to make that music for you specifically yeah. dance music or electronic music like you got to you're the producer you yeah. got to learn to do it yourself um and i think getting into that that's what 
like made me embrace production and everything in the back end and like all the nerdy shit like mastering yeah. and stuff like that um so i didn't really um start like doing my own productions until about probably 2015 um is when i started george michelle and yeah. doing dance music um as an aside from the bands i was in and yeah i just i picked up ableton in 2015 and i'm still learning to this day it's you know there's so much stuff to do on that you know workstation yeah and um going back to what you said of like why 2020 was the year is just because i've been through so many different styles of music of experimentation that like i wanted to see what i enjoyed yeah. the most and i felt like hard eyes was the complete like version of me and who I yeah. want to be seen as as a producer and as an artist you know can just do whatever I want no one can tell me if it's right or wrong or if it's not suited to my brand or anything like that no. like I do whatever the fuck I want yeah it's, you know, it feels it's holistic yeah and that's 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 a point that you reach I feel like as a musician like you start in bands or like in one project and you're like yeah I want to be a career musician be super yeah. successful off this but then over time you're just like I just want to do something for myself you know yeah. and like learn and that's what Hard Eyes was. It was just yeah. basically just like I had these tens, hundreds of songs sitting on my computer for years that I didn't want sitting there. Like I just put, I don't care who listens to it. I just want to put them out. Because yeah. that, to me, that's like releasing and moving on to the next chapter of something. Big time. Um, so yeah, that's why. Yeah, I reflect a lot on that as well. Almost like super similarly where it's yeah. like, I could have so easily just like been a journalist, been a really good journalist, got really good at journalism, you know, mm. written for a good editorial got printed in a magazine and just like kicked back but like there's there's something way more rewarding about being about like just having control and ownership 100%. Over, like, you need to challenge yourself as well exactly yeah you starting from scratch yourself. again is yeah. so incredible exactly like i feel in life like in whatever career you have yeah there is this set trajectory of the steps that you need to take of being like you need to start from the ground up like yeah. you need to work your way in as an intern then you go into you know the shit kicking assistant grabbing coffees and then yeah. you you know you, yeah, you work your slowly up. work your way up but then like like i used to be in a role like that i used yeah. to work in journalism yeah um and i had to had to do that and then i got to a point where i was just like i'm so miserable and by the time i'm 30 yeah like not even a fucking nice place and a secure life is going to make yeah. this any more any rewarding, yeah. rewarding like i'm gonna feel fucking miserable so i quit my job and fucking went to america <laughs> and you know yeah. it's there those i feel like in this day and age you can make money and a living off pretty much anything yeah. if you're really certain that's what you want to do you can make it happen like yeah. um and fuck shit's been shit hasn't even been invented yet that like yeah. is going to change the world so like anything can happen so i'm not like trying to just be like i'm yeah. gonna do this and like you know i'm just gonna have fun yeah and that wasn't a dig at purple sneakers by the way what i said because i like that is my baby that is the we best love you, thing purple ever sneakers thank you you always show support <laughs> exactly they're the best we're the best i should say but no i get what you mean yeah yeah there's like but then you get to a point as well, I think one an interesting point is in creative industries, people think like, oh, I'm going to be in a creative industry. That's me breaking the mold. Whereas, but then people follow the exact same trajectory. Like there's that trajectory of like, you got to do this to do that. And you just got to eat shit for a bit and yeah. then do that. And then like a job's a job at the end of the day. Yeah, and like, if, and like, even though people are like, oh, I'm going to work in the music industry. Like I'm doing my own thing. 
but it's at the same time it's like you're in the same cycle mm. you're still ticking the same boxes that you wouldn't anywhere else like it's I feel like you just the need silver tinted glasses big people time. just need to have purpose yeah you know um, you need to have purpose in everything that you do whether whether it's like if you're passionate about like the nine to five that you work yeah then that's like that's still your purpose and that's great like epic, everyone yeah. needs something to live for it's like if you're a musician and you love making music like that's your purpose to make music by any means necessary so you work any yeah. job courier you know um, dishwashing anything like that to make to make that happen yeah because that's what gets you up yeah. in the morning and keeps you ticking on especially in times right now where things are so futile and unpredictable yeah. um, we need to hold on to something and like I think a lot of that comes from the excitement of knowing like what could be possible and yeah. being like what if I take this risk today of like really challenging myself and like going off and starting my own business you know yeah. whether it's clothes or selling shit online or even music and it's like what could what possibly could that bring me in my life like and it's at the end of the day it should be rewarding to yeah. you personally that's why you should be doing it not yeah. to make money at the same time as well it's like and we sort of we, you said it as well like your purpose can come from something that's traditional like i'm weird like i love education i love learning and like i'm doing a pretty standard uni degree as well that like a lot of people but like just doing that like having that as well is like so rewarding to me like fully and like so it can come from anything really like it doesn't yeah. have to be something etch or edgy like it can come from something traditional and your purpose can come from something traditional Fully. as long as you're like self-aware and being like this is actually something that i froth 100 percent. wow hard i say getting deep <laughs> um i got a, a, a gemini moon bro I, <laughs> a lot. I got a lot to say um i think there's a funny there's a cool point as well just to bring it sort of back on track i read this other interview you did where you talk about how you sort of came from punk worlds and dance worlds and how sort of even though they were sort of separate worlds and genre wise or sonically they're quite different you could argue um like the kids were the same mm. and like the people hanging out were the same and i think i agree in that as well like genre should almost more be defined by its intent or like it's like how it affects communities and that sort of thing so what do you think was so you know in the venn diagram of like underground dance and like underground punk what do you think was like the middle of that venn diagram what do you think collated to so much age yeah i think it's context like it's it's your age you get to a certain point where like you're mature enough to know that listening to a certain artist isn't a guilty pleasure mm -hmm. um you're just old and you don't give a fuck anymore like yeah. i remember when i was like 15 super into hardcore and punk I'd never listen to electronic music. Well, like, rarely would. Like, I'd listen to some, but not a lot. But yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm a hardcore kid. I listen to hardcore only. Yeah. And, like, you study that genre and you go from the very start of it to what's happening yeah. right now in different parts of the world and you learn everything. Um, and you and you, that's your thing in high school anyway because you're, when you're young, you're impressionable. Yeah. You... you you know, you go into your different herds, your communities, and you find your people there. So when I was 15, I was like, I want to be with the hardcore people. Yeah. They're the ones that understand me. We're into the same things. We can talk about the same stuff. Um, and you didn't mix with, like, the kids that were into dance music or, yeah. like, pop music or um, even really metal. Like, metal kids, yeah. like, were their own sort of, like, cohort um, where I was from anyway. But um, when I got to, like probably like 17 that's when i was just like i don't really care anymore yeah. you know so when i started getting into like a lot of like soundcloud actually like that's when like lil b 
and like Young Lean were coming out yeah. and um, Little Ugly Mane I think was starting oh, wow. around then yeah. and they just had this energy like I could sense it from the start like all hip hop but there was just yeah. this rawness to it and I had an affinity towards that because it was very much like how we would make music of like making the loudest music possible <laughs> or the most energetic music by any means necessary yeah and you can hear that in Little Ugly Man's music yeah. you can hear that in Young Lean's music his early music um so then from there i was just like being more older and like feeling like you're more mature like you feel like you need to mature your musical palette and like yeah branch out and so that's when i started to get really nerdy into like music used to go on like last fm if you remember that website and like dig and make sure my scrubbles were all like good and my top artists were like all perfect um and then when i moved to sydney yeah in like 2013 that's when I started getting into like dance music because um, obviously I could go out and there was more happening here I'm from Wollongong so like we never had yeah fucking any dance music um, and but it was it was still like I remember the first shit I was listening to was like stuff from Lies and Trilogy Tapes and Bank and stuff like that because I could tell much like the Young Lean SoundCloud stuff like that was also coming from like DIY yeah. punk sort of like energy like it was super raw um, just different instruments yeah. different ways of songwriting so you know? awesome yeah. yeah there's so much just like and like they're so cultish and we'll talk about Sydney dance is so cultish or not just general I think underground dance music is so cult I think all so cultures cultish. are yeah. like you know it's really hard to um, find your niche yeah but then it, like when you do find it it's hard to exist in it because People are so like they're not gatekeeping. They just like they have their yeah. artists that exist now, yeah. and they don't want anyone else yeah, to people. come in and like Rattle it's it. it's like it's down to the market. It's down to like that group of people that are gonna dictate whether you're gonna thrive or whether you're gonna fail yeah. in that niche. Um, so a lot of it is like networking and like just not not coming across like a fucking like a crab like not just coming in trying to yeah. be like hey like i make music exactly like you yeah. like let me in you know like you know that eric yeah. andre meme where he's <laughs> like you know it's like come let me in it's like no you got to like pay your dues in a yeah. way like you got to support the other artists first you got to be engaged in the discourse face, yeah. and shit you know and then you Eventually. Can be like, hey i also make music you know by the way yeah it's like everything that was yeah. like punk and hardcore when i was like 15 still the same with like a lot of soundcloud rap and um you know shit like all the new like hyper pop digital yeah bubblegum music that's happening that's very very much like that they're yeah. very core crazy fan bases of people that are very reluctant to let yeah. like um, anything else come in yeah yeah i think it's and i think just talking to myself i don't i think i sort of learned about you first through obviously the dance stuff and knew about the dance stuff and obviously through the fashion world as well like the first time I actually saw the rock, the Hard Eyes rock album cover was because my mate sent me it and being like, Elliot from like yeah, your yeah. favorite band Pelvis did the yeah. artwork. Like you should just like listen to it. Yeah. So I sort of came in from the dance world and I wouldn't normally listen to something that you'd consider like an old pop or anything like that. But mm. based on like, I'm just like a hardcore hip hop listener and a hardcore dance music listener. But sort of having like an accessibility to it being like, you know, like who this person is and you know what they represent mm. and also like like there's an artwork by this person like mm. they're in they're ingrained in your culture so like just give it a try and exactly. it sort of blew my mind open yeah 
but that's like a te- that's just like a testament to me being a bit of a knob, being yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't normally listen to something like this, but because you know it's got a couple ticks, it got mm. a couple boxes ticks, I'm gonna give it a go, and then end up really liking it. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think that breaking that, and you say that a lot in underground dance because that's just what I know. So I'm gonna talk about it. Is say for instance you're at a, like a hardcore warehouse party or like community chess say, and someone plays a Calvin Harris song, mm. everyone froths it. Yeah. But like there's so much irony in like, oh, like we only play songs that have less than a thousand streams on Spotify. Yeah. But then like the roots of those songs are from like the biggest pop songs in the world. It's, there's so much like Yeah, chaos. there's I feel like there's a lot of uh like probably in the past since like twenty sixteen, um, I feel like there's been a huge research like not even right it's never existed before i feel like there was just like like so much irony in yeah. dance music like you know when you look at all like dj seinfeld fucking like ross from friends um dj adidas and like everyone what an, what an doing, era of lo-fi you know yeah like, yeah, like all that that yeah. came from lo-fi yeah. and then they became super successful yeah. um and but it's like all that came from like i feel like irony like it yeah. was you know, all the Russian donk shit people yeah. used to put up and all the, like, jungle shit. It's like, it came, it, it didn't, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of irony that existed in dance music for a long period of time. And a lot of those artists have now graduated into being, yeah. like, fully-fledged, like, festival yeah. players, you <laughs> know, like, Ross and Friends. Like, Seinfeld, massive, yeah. And Seinfeld as Plays well. trance like, records, like. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, look at DJ Boring. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and, like, good for them. Like, they've made a career out of it. Um, but I feel like a lot of that stuff came from like the irony and like yeah. uh, maybe the cheekiness. I think there was yeah, like a lot time. of cheekiness of being like, oh, I'm going to like have this like weird pseudonym yeah. <laughs> and make, you know, like lo-fi house or jungle or like whatever. Yeah. And it just became a beast that I don't think a lot of people can handle because <laughs> it just exploded. Yeah. Like it may have started as this like little community thing, but um, ended up exploding but going back to what you're saying about how when people drop like um, like Calvin Harris or like some blog house shit like Simi yeah. Mobile Disco yeah. or like Boys Noise yeah. or like that, that sort of shit like <laughs> yeah, see, like, it, but it, it works in context yeah. I feel like it's it's cool like we can all we come from an era where like we were kind of kids and couldn't experience clubbing yeah, when that shit was popping so I feel like some people would listen to it as a guilty pleasure so when you throw it in the set like that just that's just like I think what makes a really good DJ is when you throw those like yeah. left field like selects out of nowhere like you just drop like you know uh, something from Calvin Harris's first album or like Swedish House Mafia like yeah. you're gonna get people dancing yeah. and it's fun like that's what it's supposed to be it's like yeah. the community of everyone having a good time yeah. so I think there's nothing wrong with that but like yeah it's it's something to acknowledge that like that exists like yeah. the irony of it but i think you know we can all have you yeah. know have a laugh at it like it's and like nice. that's i credit dj boring so much because he's the king of just like being like let's bring the chin strokers in and let's expose them yeah like he he always plays um like love generation like oh, free bob sinclair. yeah and um bob sinclair's hard though. what's the other bob sinclair song that's huge um we'll hold on that song's hard that's it's hard massive yeah he yeah. closed pitch with it that's sick and um he also plays Miami to Ibiza, the instrumental. I always think about, like, when artists do that, of how, like, perhaps they genuinely like the song and, like, now that they have a platform, it's their way yeah, of desensitizing yeah. people to the naffness of it. I think it's it, that as well. You know? Because I think, yeah. yeah. These DJs are pretty smart. Yeah. And especially the ones that have... 
earned their stripes, mm. come through the ranks, seen it all, and then been like, this is actually great music. Like, let's Fully. let's let's change this entire perception of like this totally. culture. I think it's so cool. And also, like a lot of a lot of the artists that you'd consider naff or like you know pop dance or whatever um a lot of them like they've earned their stripes exactly bob sinclair like fucking og in dance music you know he's made bangers and it's like i think it's probably a way of tipping the hat from these djs of being like yeah yeah we're gonna play this now something everyone knows but we're doing it because we believe that this dj producer is awesome you need to go check the back catalog and you'll actually hear stuff that's that insane. he's actually super sick yeah. you know that's right if you listen if anyone we've had this conversation already on paradox but if you listen to the instrumental version of miami to ibiza it'll change your life oh really it'll change your life song's hard anyway swedish house mafia if, you know one of my top my one of my top artists of like producer of all time is avici go he is his fucking melodies no one no one he, everyone pales in comparison to him like i was so devo when he died man like he like he wasn't even a guilty pleasure every single song he's ever done banger after banger like and you can't dispute that and like even his posthumous stuff like yeah. the stuff that he was sitting on bangers like that sos song with aloe black crazy um you just yeah it's just some people just know yeah it's it's cool like i feel like all dance music is sick in the appropriate context yeah. and that's the beauty of what makes yeah. a good and a bad dj they can make shit work like bubba stilts crazy yeah. producer amazing producer but like when he DJs, he'll play tech house and shit, yeah. and like mix it with you know um, more like f- like a Balearic sort of shit, yeah. you know. And I think that's great, and it works, yeah. and it makes sense, and the crowd froths it. Yeah, we you know? saw Baba Stilts at Civic. Mm. I was there. Oh my god, just like sick! It was amazing. The lineup was crazy as well. Was the Pelvis Boys. Yeah. Then him, then Lexi as well. Our good friend. Lex was playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, just like. Just the night blew my mind. Yeah. It's like, this is fantastic. Yeah. And, but then same thing, draws him in with like the craziest production, like mm. everything, like almost alternate music. Yeah. And then just like, enjoy. That's the beauty of being a dance producer and a DJ, I think. It's like, you can, once you get your name out there, like you can do whatever you want and people will froth it, you know? And that's complete creative expression. Like that's, yeah. that's the goal for most musicians. But, um, it can be very hard, especially in this day and age, to do that and cut through the noise because there's yeah. so many people doing it, you yeah. know? And it's like, well, who does it the best? And it's it's one of those things, like, we don't... People don't really... We're out of gimmicks, I think. Big time. Like, the gimmick Definitely. years ago was the irony of yeah. things like DJ Seinfeld and, like, you know, all the jungle yeah. revival stuff. Like, I think all that shit's being gone, like those artists have matured into being fully fledged like electronic producers yeah um it's like i think we're out of gimmicks now and I, I don't I know agree. what's what's gonna come next i think that oh, i don't want to hopefully it's donk because george michelle will come back and i'll fucking kill the, the <laughs> shit i got the donk shit i got is crazy no one has bases like me but i'll keep that on the low i'm not gonna tell talk too i much feel like that. um a lot of um 90s stuff is big now yeah just a rave I, re- like, I really wish like I want like new disco and like bloghouse shit to come back like that'd be I cool. want like like early boys noise shit yeah. and like semi mobile disco I'd love for that whole even like remember shit like OG back. Oliver Hildens and stuff it's fire <laughs> fire what was that song called Gecko or something or yeah like I love all that like super remember like OG like 
that was like deep house like like charmy and all those yeah guys. yeah all those french like yeah all the yeah all those what is it spinning records yeah yeah spinning records is fucking sick <laughs> you know i love all that stuff hard eyes hey yeah beautiful <laughs> name the album rock album yeah i think which says a lot about your idea of the genre what a genre is um especially now and we sort of touched on it in a digital age when everything is so accessible it's tastes are nowhere near as like defined and clear as they used to be when like you'd stick within a genre because one it was cheaper to stick within a genre because you're not like taking as many risks musically because you have to buy a 20 dollars cd and all that sort of thing and boxing into like boxing modern music and like internet music is the best way i sort of call it is so difficult because it it spans absolutely everything and so does rock album um what do you think the future of genres is? Is it just something for like a journalist or a record label to do sort of just for marketing purposes? Um, like, does it have, is there a purpose for like calling something a genre? I feel like we're always going to need some type of like cataloging system yeah. to be able to, at the root of everything, be able to define something by. Yeah. But I feel like, like going forward in the future, genre is going to be a product of culture it already yeah. is yeah but it's going to be even more so um at this day and age people fall in love with the personality of an artist before they fall in yeah. love with the music and the brand and the image and identity that they have um so i feel like whatever that they purport or whatever they you know show and you know talk about um i feel like that dictates the genre like i feel like if you talk like a hard Mm. you make hardcore music and it's just it's not rock it's not yeah. rap it's just you could it's you know personas, it's just a it's mix it's yeah. a mixture of both like yeah, have you ever heard of city morgue like Zilla, yeah, Zilla, yeah so Zilla like Kami and, yeah, Zilla, yeah and so, so smaller yeah. it's like they're people want to call them rap rock and it's like you could because they rap over like metal beats yeah. or trap metal whatever the fuck you want to call it but it's like no what they're making is a product of what they live yeah. by and what they believe in and it's the crazy fucking shooting guns in the air in fucking New York and, yeah. you know, wearing all the chains and shit and, like, just being bad ratchet kids, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, what And I feel like the music that they make is reflective of, like, it's of, the best of way vision, of... Yeah. yeah, and it's, like, the best way to articulate their story yeah. and what they want to talk about. Like, it's got a specific energy that's going to be able to, like... I don't know inculcating to someone's brain. Yeah, big time. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, name me your favorite trap metal artist. I wouldn't be like, you know, City Morgue or something yeah. like that. I'd just be like, they're, a, they're just a, I don't know, fucking a group yeah. that just, because, yeah, I don't know. It's a real. I always like think to myself about stuff like this. Like, what is genre? Like, yeah, you know. But I'd, I think yeah. At the end of the day, going back to what you're saying, it's it's really just like I think a back end thing for labels now and an easier way for spotify, spotify to be able yeah. to like find like the perfect pocket for playlisting but a lot of the spotify playlists now it's like based on mood yeah so you're you're seeing that there's no exactly. it's a shift big time. you know like for instance they've got anti-pop yeah which has everything from like young lean to like brockhampton can two completely different yeah. artists from two completely different genres but it's still because it's not it's poppy yeah. but it's not like conventional yeah. pop it's pop songwriting through different means of genre experimentation yeah. 
So I, th- I think everything's going to be based on like mood and culture going Big forward. Time. And why do you think rock album reflected your vision? Or calling it rock album reflected your vision for the music that it was? Because it's not rock music. Yeah. It's my idea of rock music. That's That was the point. Like I do a lot of things like... Not in irony, but like in self-awareness. So to yeah. complete self-awareness. So like, I'm like, I'm gonna call something rock album because I know people. The first thing, the reaction I want is people going, "That's not rock music," and I'll be yeah. like, "Well, that's not your definition exactly. of rock music." Like, going back to what we're saying with genre, it's like I can put a, a fucking <laughs> heavy metal guitar in a fucking beat, and like I can call it trap metal if I want, or I can call it emo rap or like whatever people want to call it. people have yeah. their different definitions of what constitutes a specific type of genre module based on the instruments used Big time. and it's like everything at the end of the day is just rock rock was the root of every metal of every genre that came out of it and i'm going back to the essence of that of being like yeah. well rock has birthed like indie and it's birthed metal and it's birthed you know all these different styles that i enjoy um, but a lot of it was like just a fuck you of being like, no, it's not actually rock music. <laughs> and even the album artwork we could talk like is yeah. sort of like, if you had to envision a sort of sound that would come from an album with that album art, I'd something assume rocky, but like not, I don't know. It's so it's the, the album art's so ambiguous in its, in its way it's put together. And then rock album next to it, it like it leaves such a strong first impression without even listening to the totally. music so that when you listen to the music it's like holy shit yeah that's what i've always strived for like i've said in interviews before that like i like to have the artwork and imagery completely juxtaposed yeah. to the music that i make like i don't want you to judge a book by a cover i want you to be like fuck like what what's this like this looks like a fucking you know a rock record it looks like a dance record yeah. it looks like a rap record i don't know and you listen to it and it's the complete antithesis of yeah all the genres um that's super sick. and that's something I, just, I strive for you know i, I want to be different in that yeah. respect like it's my creative vision because people might not think it's conventional or it's correct or yeah. it's right but like to me like i'm enjoying it so that's yeah. the main thing i don't want to spoil any secrets either but sometimes it's nice like if you think about seal city dance this and yeah. think about like how they use like their artwork yeah to like sort of tell the story of the records yeah and it's like it's just bang on it's like so perfect big shout outs get them on we need jared shout out here. yeah just zoom call them they're all together everyone's here geordie all the boys you know jackson they're all living together in london dude i, so get I a did a couple zoom, zoom interviews mm. hell absolute hell it's so different yeah it is actually ridiculous how different it is not even the lag because the conversations are, zoom's pretty good like yeah. technology wise it seems pretty natural but like we wouldn't have, we would have such a different conversation if we were on Zoom right 100%, now. 100%. Entirely different. Yeah. So it was just crazy. Um, yeah. And to the point you made as well, even though Young Lane and Brockhampton are completely different sonically, mm. if I had to categorize, like if I had this big spectrum of music and I'm like, how can I categorize these and like put them under like sort of different headings? I reckon I'd almost put Young Lane and Brockhampton on the same one. You reckon? Based on fan base, audience, mm. definitely. And sort of just like, I don't know, I categorize so much of that music as just internet inspired. It is. It's yeah. just like, it's just raw internet stuff. Yeah. And think about Brockhampton and how they got put together, like internet. And yeah. like, I don't know, it's just, if you can't divine, like Billie Eilish even, mm. I put in that category Yeah, as well. 100%. And like, but everything's internet music now. Like you could say that, like. Yeah, but I feel like some of it is definitely way more, like Clara as well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's no, just, I agree. I, I completely agree. Um, we're seeing less of this machine existing yeah. of what, like a record label and a marketing yeah. team now because these kids are just so savvy and they just know how to use the internet and they can build careers out it's of insane. it. You don't, need, you don't need a bunch of fucking 42-year-olds sitting at a board desk telling you like what's going to work, what's not yeah, going to exactly. work, what's the strategy. You know, like these kids are doing it, which is amazing because it should be inspiring to young artists to be like, you can make a career out of this. The difference is though, I will, I will say this, is that sometimes label... Um, I think most of the time anyway, like I think a label is necessary when you want to take the next step of big time longevity. So like a lot of these like younger kids, like they're just having fun and they're yeah. building careers off it. But like, I don't think they're really thinking of the future. I think it's just something of like them having fun right now, which is great. But like, I think some artists, um, once you get that level of success, need some type of like direction and help yeah. of being like, okay, you've done this, you've held these core people. How are we going to, get you to a bigger audience what do you need to yeah. change and then that's obviously when you need to make compromises and stuff like that of you know yeah, you might exactly. alienate your original fan base but the ex the cost of that is you getting a bigger one but it's like learning how to yeah be time and keep that like we could do it like a whole fucking music industry <laughs> tutorial if we wanted to but i feel like sometimes artists jump into the deals before they have any negotiating power and get smashed or like some people hold on too long where the negotiating where the negotiating power is just too strong. It's like, why do I need an able now? So it's just like, there's so much gray area in terms of like, totally. like every, it's case by case so much and people will be like, I think it's dependent on the style of music that you make as well. I feel like bands need labels. Big time. I feel like. Because bands need so much more infrastructure. Totally. There's so much, so much more moving parts. And also with bands, like the music industry have way more experience in building yeah big time bands and like giving them longevity as opposed to like Lil Pump yeah. you know what I mean like you look at that guy and it's like he got an 8 million dollar deal for like one album and he's just kicking it, it now he's got his up. and yeah. now he's just falling off yeah. the face of the earth and but that, that might that might have been his goal that, yeah, yeah that was his goal yeah, yeah. like that could be a goal that's yeah. sick but yeah. like I feel like a lot of the labels especially with like all these new like YouTube rappers and stuff like that. I don't really, th I think that a lot of these labels are like out of their depth with how they can handle that. Also because of like cultural connotations of like it being black music mm -hmm. and you know, the sociopolitical aspects of like, are you exploiting these kids? Exactly. Are you exploiting the music? Are you, you know, using them as a springboard to get more white artists that you might think more might be more palatable yeah, for more a certain marketable, yeah, big time. marketable to then be like oh let's get you rapping with them yeah. you know so i don't know it's crazy where'd you record rock album in my fucking bedroom Sick. on a fucking 15 inch macbook all the keys are missing the space bar no space bar <laughs> no space, space bar. bar i use the koi keypad everything yeah uh, but i co-produced it with um felix from gauchi yeah um I like to call him my 5'8". He's a crazy <laughs> producer. So, like, we... Like, I... What I, are you, then? Me? Fuck. The Co back, coach, man. captain... Coach, coach captain, manager, row. Yeah. front row, lock. Um, the Cam back, Smith. You're back, Cam bro. Smith, mate. You can do anything yeah, you want. Yeah, 100%. No, I can see myself as a fullback. Like, yeah, just huge. run it fucking straight. <laughs> um, but... Um, I, I co-produced with him. So, basically, like... So, he produced the beat for, like, Drunk on the Roof... Mm -hmm. And like the more like 
indie pop stuff that's on that record, like yeah. Drunk on the Roof, Spray Painted T-Shirt, um, Felix Made. I was just like, give me a Taylor Swift type beat. Yeah. And he just yeah. goes hour later, bang. And he's really good at that music. I feel like we have our own strengths. Like, yeah. He's really good with guitar music and like that more wide, dynamic, angelic, yeah, angelic like. music. And then I just fucking snap with a 32 <laughs> on it. Um, yeah. But like when it comes to like like dance and like more bass heavy music, I feel yeah. like that's what I've been around for years and what I've like really honed my skills in. So, you know, stuff like getting over gut feelings and like more the like rappy heavy stuff is what I did. But yeah. I still had Felix's like, um, I guess like he oversaw a lot of it. Like I'd go to him. I guess because he's not as into that music as much as I am. Yeah. It was good to have that outside of perspective being like, you'd be a good barometer for how the audience Big time. would be able to like understand this and it work from start to finish. Um, I and, think like yeah. having that second opinion from what I've heard from like really good producers and stuff is you can get so in your own head about it. Yeah. Being like, if you're like, I'm going to write every top line, make every beat, you know, perform this all by myself or whatever you can it's so easy to get in your own head and just having like a really good dummy half yeah it is it's true it's so important like i did the first two projects joyride and headbangers yeah all in my room um with apple headphones and like no over like oversight from anyone else and like no conversations i wasn't sharing the music with anyone and i put them out and then i felt like for this one i was like i want something a bit more polished and a bit more like thought out because I, f- I call the first two mixtapes because yeah. they were just like a mixture of everything that I had whereas this one I wanted to be more succinct in like its flow still kind of messing around with different genres but have it make sense in terms of like a, not so much a album. story but an album exactly <laughs> um, That's all I and then yeah I just learned from that like going forward like I'm not putting out projects like that anymore like I just needed, I had a lot to say and I like needed to get a lot of stuff out yeah. of my system of being like, like I want to do this style, this style, this style, this style and I've got things to say that yeah. are going to work in these styles. Um, but now going forward, now that I'm like, I guess like now more in the consciousness of like people in Sydney and Australia, like just building up now, like going more, doing singles and just... I'm working with a producer now called Nat Sherwood who used to do like a bunch of metal bands and shit. Nice. And I love working with him because he understands where I'm coming from of being like, I come from metal as well. I want shit to sound heavy, but yeah. I don't want it to be metal. I want it to be, you know, like hip hop, hyper pop, like stuff like that. Yeah. But like, he's a nice co-producer to have with me because like, he's a, like a tertiary trained engineer and producer like he can make things sound fucking massive so like now i'm just going more into like building the actual brand i got everything out of my i never was focused on building the brand like because you had to get shit out yeah i just had to get the shit out and now that i've got everything out of my system i'm more focused and like more like okay this is the strategy now this is the plan and like that's now I guess like the releasing all that stuff like allowed the op- like opportunities to come in of like collaborating with certain artists and I've got like certain features and stuff like that which are like I would never have believed I could have yeah. gotten but it's now learning it's like even though I've got those crazy features and I know like I can drop it like that and it'll go crazy it's like I really need to sit on that like I really need to have a strategy of being like when is the right time for me to release this song yeah. like so now I'm taking on the role of an artist, yeah. not a producer of being yeah. like, 
now you got to be the brand yeah. like so i'm making merch and shit and like doing like live shows on zoom and stuff like that for certain festivals and yeah. stuff that they have online and now just doing the single thing and doing more videos and focusing on that are you obviously are you completely independent completely independent yeah do you have a manager um, I'm in talks with a couple of managers okay, yeah. right now. But still, to to do like I don't want to just like start yeah. talking about music industry shit. But to like recognize that without like a strong industry backing and taking initiative on your own mm. is super strong and super important. I think so. That's a big like credit. Yeah, I felt I didn't need. I knew what like I'd gone through the motions of label yeah. stuff and management shit before for years, and it's like I wanted to do something completely on my own, and. I didn't need a manager. I was never thinking of strategy or anything like that, releasing the past projects. So it was not necessary for me to be shopping these songs around yeah. because they were more so for me, not Big for time. other people. But now um, that like I'm, I'm ready like now to do the artist thing. take it on. Yeah, so now it's it's nice working with people. People, I think now, understand, like when the project started, people didn't get it. Uh, I think a lot of people still don't get it, but that's the point though isn't it yeah that's the point but now i want people to start getting it of being like i have a sound that i have now like that i'm going to focus on and like it's nice to have management or people in the industry that have come to me and they understand it and they want to help yeah build and take me to the next level so like that's that's nice to have and i'm i've was reluctant like to want to have anything to do with like any type of industry shit but i feel like I'm more comfortable with myself now and like it's it makes sense yeah, to do that time. if I want to go to the next level super insightful I think the kids are like that I found like a lot of the audience are people that and like I don't want to turn into a music industry podcast because it so easily could get there mm. just based on my experience and like what I like having conversations with art to artists yeah. about but a lot of the audience is super like industry inclined like being like mm, like oh if I'm an artist like how do I go about this shit so I'm going to yeah. listen to this podcast and like yeah. That's a level of nerd that Fully. I trying to, want to try and appeal to, which is well, like... That's good, because I, 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 fuck, I, I'm one of those people, man. Like, I listen to this podcast called And The Writer Is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course. You know, like, yeah. that interviews like Charlie Puth yeah. and Charlie XCX and Julia Michaels, like, all these crazy... Oak Felder, like, all these crazy Hollywood producers and songwriters and talks about, like, how they started and, like, their grind and, like, what they had to do. So, it's nice and it's insightful hearing that, because I feel like at the end of the day, like it's 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 uh reassuring to a lot of independent and young exactly, artists yeah, like you know anything's possible it does come down to you and like your strategy and like how you go about it but like it does it's like anything's possible with those yeah. things like it gives hope to a lot of people that kind of feel like especially in this environment a lot of things are futile yeah and i think it's super interesting you say that how at the start you didn't really think about brand a whole lot you just wanted yeah. to get the music out but like i think that a big appeal for me as well or someone from the outside that just was like you know i'm just gonna check this out the appeal for it was the brand even really early on mm. because it was sort of ambiguous and was sort of mm. cool i mean like what the fuck is going on here yeah like what is this music what is it like i think so like it's crazy that you say you've only sort of really think about it now when, yeah like, it feels like i mean whole- there, w- there was a focus on like imagery yeah like, i just wanted it to be weird at yeah. the end of the day like i'm a fucking weird person i'm into weird shit and i wanted to reflect that in the weirdest way possible and have people go like what is this? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And it's like, good. Yeah. That's, that's the point. But now it's more like, you're an artist that represents this. Yeah. You know? Let's get this in yeah. people's ears. Yeah. Which is like, good thing. Um, I feel like, especially now in today's day and age where there's a big, em- and we spoke about it, there's a big emphasis on like the person, the personality. But then at the same time, it's like the artists that are like the most popular and the most like, 
um, shit, I don't forget the word. The most, like the highest, have the highest allure. Clout. Uh, artists, yeah, yeah. Um, artists that are off the face of the earth. Like if you look at yeah. what Kendrick's doing, what Frank's doing, what yeah. Lord's doing. Yeah. They're all off the face of the earth and they pop back up. Yeah. Like, they can drop anything. I'm the best thing ever. You know, Frank Ocean. Exactly. Yeah. But then like, like Kendrick's hype now is higher than it's ever been before yeah. and he hasn't done a single thing. Yeah. People are just waiting for a Kendrick album. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. So like, I just want to get your opinion on like, what do you think about, you know, the whole pressure on like, not just from the industry, but from also consumers being like, I want to know everything about this artist I listen to. Yeah. And do you feel like sort of, do you feel like you're going to succumb to that? Or do you think that hiding behind, say like, not hiding behind, but like say having the face makeup on, like people not even knowing what you actually look like, I um, sort of is like yeah. a repellent for that. No, like I, that was purely for like promo stuff. Yeah. Um, but on my, on my gram, like I've hidden all the posts now because I'm, focus like yeah, yeah. like what i'm saying like i'm focused more on like this certain type of thing but on my gram for the past year i always used to make like stupid music production videos like you know like ryan yeah. from pelvis does like all that like weird of house course. i used to make shit like that and Past like guest, good friend of the used show. to do well, shut up shout out ryan what's up <laughs> shut up um, ryan shut up ryan um i used to make like dumb videos like you know, yeah. like you'd have those like worst beat ever. It's like <laughs> I used to like make videos of like me making this crazy orchestral section and be like, "Hey guys, this is how I make orchestra music," and then I'd play it and it's just like yeah, like yeah. bass boosted shit. So I used to do stuff like that, and like that would bring people in of being like, "Fuck!" Like you know, this guy's like pretty funny, like entertaining, does like all sorts of different types of content. But the one thing I did not want to get grouped in, and I felt like I was getting grouped in as, is like that meme artist of yeah. being like this guy is funny and we follow him because we want to see more funny stupid video shit yeah. and funny photos and stuff like that oh what he makes music too like that's that's not what i want to yeah. do and i felt like i was slowly getting pigeonholed in that so i had to make the compromise of being like well i'm not going to entertain anyone besides yeah. the music i want to make the music as best as possible Big time. and the the way i promote the music as interesting as possible so i don't need to rely on doing dumb shit exactly. and stunts and stuff like that to make people interested in my story because yeah that's me like i'm a joker but at the end of the day like i've got feelings too you know what i mean like i've got a lot of shit to say and i feel like that sort of stuff like when you always post like jokey shit like that it kind of undermines like the true story that you want to tell big time it's crazy that joji's done it oh yeah that's yeah he's a prime example you know but then i feel like and funny thing is when i show my missus hard eyes she said like, I just showed her spray pen to T-shirt. And he goes, this sort of sounds like a Joji song. Yeah, I love I was Joji. Like, that's like, that's, I, was, I never thought, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, shit, there you go. Well, thank you. Thank you to your missus, because I love Joji. Yeah. Katie. Um, but yeah, Katie. he's... Uh, Isn't it crazy how he's like, he's yeah. gone from like the ultimate joker yeah. to like critically acclaimed, like really serious musician. Yeah. And like, no one saw, like, it, it was a bit weird at the start, like what's going on here. Even but, like, Rich he's Brian, yeah. like started with that, what was that song? when he was rich chig or whatever and he he had his oh yeah i know the song with the bum bag the, yeah yeah like you know joke joke rap and now he's like a fully fledged like i don't, yeah i don't know i really i don't know how that happened but good for them even like it's tyler like, to an extent totally yeah that's but, i think that's a testament to like the beauty of strategy yeah. and like planning your five years and having a five-year goal as opposed to like big time the now like how can i get the most attention now how can i get the most clout now it's like that's you know he's a testament of how you like really build up an artist legacy yeah you know won a fucking grammy yeah i feel like 
Tyler, when he was making Goblin and stuff, he knew. I th- yeah, I think he so. Knew. That's that's the X factor. Certain yeah. people have that. Some people don't. Like some people have the yeah. patience and the time of like wanting to build something, yeah. um, and other people just like want it now. Yeah. And like if you want it now, there's cool. You can have it. There's a lot of compromise that you're gonna make, and you're gonna look like a fool in the way of doing it in a lot of respects of like how you're gonna gain attention. And who knows how long that's going to last. But you know what? That shit's going to stay on the internet for the rest of your life. Exactly. You know? And I think, and like to that, I think that Tyler could have made Eagle five years ago. Yeah. I feel like he could have. He just like, he, he probably but he had knew. it five years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but but he, he just knew like now, like, and look at what that album is sort of for that culture. Yeah. It's like, it's the, it's on the pedestal. It's like Huge. the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Totally. I feel like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn the power of saying no. Yeah, because I was such like a yes man. I just do. I'd say yes to like every opportunity that I'd get. Because I thought like you know like every other career, like you got to start from the bottom, eat shit, move Said up. Said yes to Parry Talk, so yeah. No, I I, I wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's different, it's different. You know, this is a, this I think that you know, like you've learned to say no. And yeah, you said yes to like Parry certain talk, like brands have approached me and shit, and I'm just like, why the fuck are you approaching me? Like I'm no one. Like yeah, pelvis. You, you know, <laughs> no, I should love. <laughs> no, we love, we, but you know, like certain certain brands and shit would be like do this, and I'd be like, yeah, that's sick like you know i can be on their social media and it's like bro i feel like a cornball doing that yeah. like who the fuck am i to be on there like people are probably like who the fuck is this guy so uh, the power of saying no of having that mystique of just being like that's not right for you like yeah if you're thinking if your plan is to be here in this you know five years time you've got to say no to a lot of things yeah. now to make that the most impactful thing big time i reflect on that a lot like i've got weird weird interview opportunities yeah from like big dogs and i'm like this would work now, but like in terms of the, the vision and the direction for Parry totally. Talks, like it doesn't make sense. Totally. And it's like, even if you, you like you got those, like it, like what is like, how quantifiable is the success exactly. of having that? Like, A is couple it, numbers. You yeah. know? Um, and it's like, then what do you do with those numbers? Where do you go from there? Do you then get someone not as big on next? Exactly. And then the, the fucking hype drop. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. We're in such a fickle age right now. Big time. You know, it's very, very hard to like exist in, think most aspects of the world right now because shit just fucking moves like that and you got to be on top of it and it's that's why you need to find your niche i think big like, time yeah just gotta do something timeless and you gotta own it i think exactly. ownership is so important right now totally if you don't believe in yourself no one else can believe in you exactly so. big time facts yeah exactly you listen to much um um like not not early soundcloud rap like posts like when like the whole Miami thing was coming up, like early ski mask. Yeah. Early I was, X, I was early. I like on that shit early because um, the band I was in, we, we did a tour of the US in 2016. And um, one of the bands we were playing with, I forget their name. They were from Atascadero, which is like mid Northern California. Yeah. And um, one of the guys was like a producer for like all them. Wow. And the merch guy that they brought along was like friends with like um gbc and like yeah. peep and shit at the time and he was the one that got me into like peep like just after he released crybaby and like got me into like xx Tentacion, ski mask like puya fat oh i was about to say puya fat nick g59 um i was i was onto denzel curry before that because of um raider clan i Big was time. like familiar with raider yes clan I, shit. I put curry he's the best like before them Oh yeah, he was way his before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, and, then, yeah. and then he was like even Puya as well, like Puya, Puya and Fatnik, yeah. yeah. Ghost Mane as well, like yeah. different, like all from oh. Florida, but like different sort of, you know, 
Well, but like I mean, like when you want to talk about uh, that like specific twenty sixteen yeah. sound of like X and because I hear I hear I hear when I listen to Hard Eyes I hear that I hear totally, that I yeah. hear not like I hear like like no like I'm screamo like yeah, schema stuff but yeah. I hear like there's definitely that that raw edge and we talk about the raw edge a yeah. lot we're like oh we we even said it like there's there was such an urgency to that music yeah where it was like. I'm just going to like record it now. I don't give a shit if the bass is clipping. Like, who cares? 100%. We're going to record like using our computer like yeah. mics and just like rip in and yeah. get it on SoundCloud straight away. Exactly. And I hear that in Hard Eyes a lot. I That's, think. yeah, it's I, that ethic of like how they put things out. Just being like, hey guys, I'm dropping a song tonight. Blah, yeah. blah, just drop shit. Like that's what inspired me to do Hard Eyes of having that mentality yeah. of being like, I can, I'm completely independent. I can drop shit whenever the fuck I want. Um, and like, I was I was very like I didn't know how to take that music when I first heard yeah. it like when I first heard like Peep and um, like Horsehead and Wicked Phase <laughs> and stuff like I didn't know how to like take that music when I first heard it coming from a completely banned thing yeah um, but it just grew on me it was so infectious all that music um, and then watching the culture and like what they were doing in 2016 2017 how they just evolved yeah. and became massive watching it from over here was like super inspiring because it's like we don't have that here yeah. there's no artist doing that here um so like i yeah i'm super like inspired by like that genre because i was like that's when i was kind of getting over the band yeah. stuff and i was like this is so new it's so refreshing it's so sick to see because there was like earnesty in it like i feel like young lean when young lean came out like it was a joke yeah the first it was like the first meme rap like with little bean shit but then when like, you know, Fat Nick, Puya, Denzel Curry before that, like when what they were all doing on SoundCloud, like even like Uno, the activist, when Cardi and Thousand Band Forney were like all the Atlanta dudes were coming yeah, up in 2016. Me, oh God, yeah. Like, like that shit was earnest. Like they, yeah. they meant what they were saying. And like, you know, um, I, I'm more attracted to like that energy. Like I can sense that energy and I'm attracted to that from an artist more than someone that's just making a fucking hook or a catchy yeah. song, you know? Dude, you know what that era reminds me of? Like OG No Jumper. Oh like, yeah, like that, when, and like yeah. OG No Jumper is like it like inspired so much of this. Totally, yeah. Then, I like, mean, or just like it was so crazy. It's yeah. like I remember like the Ian Connor interview. Like, oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic yeah, shit. there was yeah. Fuck, the funniest. Yeah, they those interviews were so funny. Like back when it was like at the back of that black shop, yeah. and like everyone was just high and just yeah. talking over one another. And he used to get like the porn stars and shit on. That was like. He had like, we used to have like Getter on it. Remember Getter and Nickelodeon? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like when you used to have them, like you know, that was that was funny. That was like, and I think having that, it was so symbiotic because it was like there was yeah. that, and then there was like the SoundCloud thing, and then yeah, they came together. It, just, it was like the perfect storm for like shooting these yeah. artists up because I think if there was only the SoundCloud thing and nothing like No Jumper or like those types of podcasts, what those was artists on, wouldn't have had. What was the other one? The other podcast was through Warehouse Parties, in a way. Oh, they said like this. Ah, uh, hand on everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they had a podcast as well. That was yeah. like a big part. That of it. That was yeah. sick. Better produced podcast. Yeah, like, but like there was a and like I take a lot of the No Jump influence to this. It's like the early No Jump interviews are so etched, but like yeah. everyone frosts them. It's like look, look at the like state yeah. of that camera. And yeah, like this and like you got to start somewhere. I mean, time. look where No Jumper is now, multi million dollar media company. You it's know. crazy. Shit's crazy. You know, um, but no, nah, that twenty sixteen year of SoundCloud man, like I feel. <laughs> Makes me feel sad because like that was Bro, like, the last. That was the last time I felt fucking happiness. Like no <laughs> joke. Like I'd fucking wake up, 
and like you know Refresh SoundCloud, Uno, yeah, yeah. thousand man forty uno and fucking d savage would all be on a track and i'd be like this is sick it's crazy It'd go for like one minute 40 bass just going yeah it's you know like it's crazy how much it changed pop music it, that oh, era. so exciting such an such an it was such an exciting time like any oh, you know what's really sick now um i don't know if you're into it it's not like it doesn't have the commercial viability that stuff had yeah but like all these underground rappers from la and stuff like all the skaters like sage and like like navy blue oh and, yeah like the yeah. sort of this new generation under earl sweatshirt yeah yeah like yeah Mike, yeah um medhane yeah all those guys yeah the crazy like that diy feel they're just ripping jazz beats yeah i and feel just, yeah. like uh, doing spoken word over them it's so sick i feel like it's going more in that direction where we're going back now yeah. to the whole like boom bop yeah lyrical shit now and that's happening more in the underground there's this artist you should check out if you haven't called kenny mason kenny mason from atlanta and he mixes a lot of like lo-fi boom bop stuff um but then also has like indie songs as well huge and like metal songs and shit like that um and he's like i think probably 17 18 but a lot of uh, there's another guy called i think red veil yeah there's another artist like a lot of them are doing that like more lyrical shit and more thought out like what i would call anti-pop yeah um and like anti-r&b sort of shit which is also exciting you know i love it yeah sure i reckon we just cracked an hour hell yeah king of tangents what i tell you your publicist is gonna be mad. Hey, hey, I know. She's gonna be like, "Fuck, he's still there." <laughs> no, fuck. We didn't talk about the music. Yeah. No. Well, I think that. I think uh, everything. Here's the thing. Everything about what we spoke about that's, that's, yeah. is the music. That is. That's is what exactly makes that's me what I mean. do what I do. Like, fuck the songs. Like, I don't care. I don't want to talk about the songs. Like, uh, where do, where? I, I already, I already talk about the songs in the music. I like, go listen to the music. Like, I want to talk about like the Yourself, things yeah. that like inspire me and like you know, 2016 SoundCloud rap yeah. and you know metal and punk and shit like that like that is what is the purpose for why i do a lot of exactly stuff that beautiful I do, you know yeah so take that publicist exactly. nah nah shout they're out they're the best shout out 23 they're, yeah. they're the best shout actually out melody thank you actually probably they're cool, probably the best cool as hell super chill like we get shit tons of emails yeah we get shit tons of emails yeah, at hell talks, yeah. bro. it's hard to but then if Maya hits me up... Yeah, my well, publicist is a beast. Shout out, Maya. <laughs> she's a beast. She's a beast. Weapon DJ as yeah, well. Yeah, crazy. Parry Talks. Oh, yeah, last question. Yes, Ask everyone this. Go. You have to neck nominate, like, another guest. Yeah. Who do you reckon? Can be from around the world. Who do you reckon needs their story told? Who's good? Can be from any facet of the world. Who should I have on Parry Talks? Oh. Neck nom. Trying to think. Like, I'm trying to think Sydney-centric. Just because. Um... Man, um, I'd uh, I'll probably have to say Darcy Bayless. He's he's a good friend of mine. Originally from Melbourne, lives in Berlin now, Sick. and he he was on the whole SoundCloud emo rap stuff before me or like anyone. anyone. Like he's been and he's done some crazy collaborations. Like he's just did a collab EP with Wickerface, and um, he's produced for like a bunch of those guys. He's he's awesome. Like I've I've worked on some stuff with him. And it's just so easy to work with him. And he has a lot of shit to say. Like, if you haven't listened to it, listen to his album, Housebreaking. Oh. Um, crazy emotional record. A lot, very, I wouldn't say similar to mine, but it, it goes through, like, indie, more emo rap and a lot heavy electronic, like, yeah. um, breakbeat sort of stuff. He mixes, like, breakbeat with emo rap. 
Sweet. which I think like when I heard it, I was just like, this is the future. Like no one's doing I this. I love breaks as well. You know, so it's, it's sick. Um, yeah, that's probably him. Fantastic. He has a lot to say. You could probably Zoom call him from Berlin, <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think of someone here though, like, uh, uh, like a young artist, um, probably like, fuck, like OGM. There's like a, a crew of kids from West Sydney. One of them lives in Melbourne, um, but they're called OGM. You gotta listen to the song title. They're banging. Like these kids are crazy. They're fucking. One of them, Carlito, is like this crazy, like melodic sounds like Roy Woods, and the other two are just gung rappers. Um, Sick. So I think yeah. Should I reach out to OGM? I've got a couple more mics. Yeah, get 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 to them to uh, through Saudi Systems. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they um they're friends with them. You should have Saudi Systems on bro, as well. Big move, have yeah. Saudi si- bro, shout out Saudi Systems. Probably, that was, they had Stan, the best show on that as well. Bro, yeah. they're, yeah. They're, the, they're, they're my boys. I fuck with them heavily. You should get Saudi Systems, actually. Saudi Systems no. is who you need. That's it. Parry Talks, thanks for listening. Yeah, you know the vibes. Clocked an hour. Yeah, fuck yeah. We did it. Let's go. Stay independent, kids. Yeah. You can do this on your own. <laughs>